world is changing fast. New technologies are impacting how we think about products, services, and the way we live our lives. Nowhere is this trend more present than in financial services, where new business models and customer expectations are changing our conceptions about banking, finance, and the very nature of money. Welcome to Rebank, a visionary podcast about banking, fintech, and the future. The future of banking is here. Hello and welcome to Rebank. I'm your host, Will Beeson. Today we're thrilled to be joined by Adrian Nazari, founder and CEO of Credit Sesame. Credit Sesame is a free credit score monitoring and management service. The company has 16 million registered users and has raised $120 million since its inception nearly 10 years ago. In this conversation, Adrian and I discuss the company's new banking offering and how it fits into the core business. We also discuss the competitive landscape in retail digital banking in the U.S. and how Credit Sesame intends to differentiate. We also discuss the extremely pressing subject of supporting Americans living paycheck to paycheck in the midst of a global pandemic and recessionary fallout. Credit Sesame and other mass market fintechs have a tremendous opportunity to contribute in this time of social and personal distress. For all of our past episodes and to sign up to our newsletter, please visit bankingthefuture.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Please welcome Adrian Nazari. Adrian Nazari, welcome to Rebank. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Adrian, give me a quick intro to Credit Sesame. Certainly, yes. Uh, Ten years ago, um, Credit Sesame was the first company to provide uh, U.S. consumers with free access to their, not just credit score, but their entire credit profile. And that was part of our mission to help democratize credit health and access to credit and financial wellness for consumers. Uh, Today, uh, we have advanced our analytics and capabilities and have helped millions of consumers improve their credit. And I'm happy to be here on this show for for you. All right. Maybe you can uh, tell me just in tangible terms, so help consumers improve their credit. What what are the the core drivers of of that through Credit Sesame? Great. We have, um, over the course of last 10 years, uh, we have observed millions of consumers uh, come to Credit Sesame for their credit needs and their credit decision needs. Uh, we've looked at uh, what they do, uh, what impact their actions uh, have on their credit score, and have built very sophisticated models through the use of AI and machine learning that allows us to predict what actions could lead to either positive or negative impact on their credit. 27% of our members and our membership is 100% free. See their credit score improve by more than 10 points, which is a psychological number within the first 30 days. 61% of our members see their credit score improve in the first 180 days, and 20% of them see their credit score improve by more than 50 points, uh, which is a life-changing event for them. And that's all been possible to, as I mentioned, uh, applying AI and machine learning to their specific financial profile on a self-service basis. And that's what we mean by helping people achieve credit health, which is an integral part of financial health. Mm -hmm. And do you guys bring a perspective of kind of consumer credit being a good or an evil? No, I mean, consumer credit is absolutely a good. It's something necessary. In fact, 
you know, consumer credit was used in the past just for lending. Obviously, today, uh, you know, how much credit you have in your credit uh, wellness impacts uh, your access to capital, the interest rate you could get, etc. But it's gone far beyond just lending. Uh, employers check consumer credit if you want to uh, get an insurance. Insurers check your credit, uh, uh, and in many cases, if you want to rent a place, it impacts your credit. So if you want to get education, if you want to get a job, if even if you want to save money, your credit health has an impact. Uh, and so the impact is well beyond just lending. It's a lot more. All right. So the reason I wanted to connect with you now is because you guys very recently launched a banking offering, a checking account. C- can you tell us about that and how it fits into the, the broader business? Yes, certainly. So um, as I mentioned, we pioneered um, credit uh, access uh, and uh, democratizing access to credit. So this is really taking that initiative to bring financial wellness to consumers to the next level. So what we launched today, Sesame Cash, is a digital bank account that is part of a first smart digital banking service that is going to help consumers grow and manage their cash and credit together. In other words, for the first time, we are bringing consumers' cash and credit together on one platform for free so that consumers could really manage both of them and be able to be effective in growing both of them at the same time. All right, so I'm, I'm sorry to drag you back to tangible examples. I, I think um, it's just the way my mind works. C- can you walk me through like what the experience is going to be for the, the customer and how having the banking account within Credit Sesame uh, allows them to better manage that, that credit score piece. Certainly. So, look, uh, through the years of uh, learning about how credit works, as I mentioned, we've gone deeper than anyone in understanding how credit works. And what we found is that how much cash or cash flow you have and how and when you use your cash has a direct and a significant impact on your credit and credit health. So we understand that relationship, and, and that's the knowledge that we're bringing to consumers to help them improve not just their cash and their credit. And I can give you some tangible examples. Um, most consumers get paid uh, twice a month or maybe four times a month. They pay their debt, their credit, only once a month. And in the meanwhile, two-thirds of consumers are revolvers. They carry balances. The average interest rate on uh, credit card is north of 17%. So while they have the income, they sit on that money and their debt or their balance on their credit card is earning interest. So we're going to help consumer figure out when and how to make those payments so that they have you know, the right amount of cash available to them still. But that cash helps them not only reduce interest payment, but also help them build credit. Many consumers make payments on the credit statements after the statement date, which is really not reported to the credit bureaus. Therefore, they potentially get negatively dinged if they pay off their balances. We're going to help those consumers to make sure they make those payments in a smart way so that it gets reported properly and it actually helps them improve their credit. And as you can imagine, this is a, a cycle. If you apply your cash the right way towards your credit, your credit improves, and we understand how to do that. And when your credit improves, you get access to lower rate credit products, which will then free up interest rate and it will be added to your cash. So cash and credit are very intertwined and related. And I don't think anybody in the, in the industry understands that relationship better than Credit Sesame. 
So what we want to do is we want to bring all that knowledge and machine learning that you had back to the consumer to empower consumers to do something that, frankly, they couldn't do before in the absence of these types of technologies. I, I like this. This this actually makes makes a lot of sense. Um, you, you see a lot of other kind of checking and debit programs that that may or may not intimately link with uh, with the core product functionality, and it seem like an effort to monetize an existing base. Whereas here, it feels like you're you're genuinely looking to add more value around the core business through data insights and the the, the spending view to help the actual you know, credit score management work better? In fact, as part of the launch, immediately um, consumers that are getting a digital bank account are going to have some very unique credit-centric features that has not been available in the industry. For example, not only we talk about uh, improving consumers' financial health, and, and as I mentioned, I think credit health is an integral part of financial health. Not only we talk about that, I discuss how we actually show results on the credit side. But as part of this launch, we're going to give our consumers, our members, money, actual hard cash for improving their own credit. The industry is such that people charge consumers to help them improve credit. We're actually going to give consumers reward for improving their credit. For example, if you improve your credit score by more than 10 points in any given month, and as I mentioned, 27% of our users do that on a monthly basis, We'll give you a $5 cash, and we'll deposit that into your cash account. If you improve your credit score by more than 100 points in any given month, we'll give you $100 cash. And that, that applies every month going forward. Last quarter alone, uh, tens of thousands of our members improved their credit score by more than 100 points in, in one month. So, And this was in the absence of any sort of incentive. Our goal is to provide incentives for consumers to take their credit health and financial health more seriously. And frankly, no other time uh, that has been as important as it is today, given what's happening in the market and a potential recession that we may be entering. Yeah. Well, that, that's a point I would, uh, I would love to pick up. And I think we will later on just the you know, ramifications for the for broad swaths of, of the U.S. population, and I imagine a core part of your customer base around you know the current global health crisis. Um, but but before we get there, um, can, can you just can you describe? You talked about the depositing either a five dollar bonus up to a hundred dollar bonus, and I see the the clear benefit to the customer of you doing that. What's the business model that that sits around that, and how do you support that from a user economic standpoint? Well, there are a number of ways. One is we understand and we know that uh, consumers that have healthy credit uh, not only unlock this cash to them, but also they create opportunities for themselves to refinance and restructure the entire debt portfolio to something that is much more affordable and much better. That's where we traditionally uh, earn income, where we help consumers figure out what's right, what's wrong about their credit profile and what they could do to improve that through either refinancing, restructuring, consolidating uh, their existing portfolio. And credit consumer will have a lot more options, a lot more options to save money. So at the end of the day, this is a, a part, part of the bet on uh, helping consumers take on a better behavior, which we chalk it up as part of marketing costs. Part of that is we see models that suggest that this is actually going to not only pay off great for the consumer, but it's also going to be a great payoff for credit sesame as a brand that is advocating credit uh, wellness and is also putting consumer in better financial products as they improve their credit score. Needless to say, the $5 or $100 is really a token. 
the impact that a better credit score has on a consumer is far greater than those dollars. Uh, they could save hundreds of dollars in, on interest on a yearly basis once their credit improves. So this is a win-win situation. Yeah, It's clear that you guys are creating value for for your users uh, and, and there's, you know, there, there's clear social good in there. How do you think about it and how do you manage the alignment of interests between your users who are improving their credit? Uh, what, what sounds like maybe some of the lender partners that, uh, that are funding a portion of your guys' revenue when it comes to refinancing, when it comes to you know, originating new, new debt facilities. How do you work through that, um, through that alignment? Yeah, so our goal has always been our mission is to bring um, financial wellness or so democratize financial wellness. So our models are built around uh, getting consumer credit and financial profile and figuring out how we could optimize that for the consumer. Uh, behind the scene, we have relationship with over 100 financial institutions. Many of them actually they share their guidelines, their terms and conditions with us through either APIs or black box or direct inter, uh, interface, or we have actually guessed that, we reverse engineered it. So our focus on analytics are around what is the best option for the consumer that could create a very long lasting relationship between us and the consumer and the consumer wallet. Behind the scene, we have a lot of choices. So there's no decisions made based on which lender pays us more or less. It is really focused around lifetime value with a consumer and a repeat business with that consumer. And there's plenty of financial products out there for our platform to choose from. We rather choose a product that works for the consumer. For example, we don't get, we don't make any money on sending traffic to any financial institution. Uh, and that's where the misalignment starts. When you make promises to consumer or show consumer product that they have no chance of getting. And uh, some companies make money from that. Credit Sesame is actually showing consumers products that they could not only qualify or potentially qualify, but also advances their financial health. It keeps them on track. And we make money if the consumer is actually successfully able to secure the financial product that they need that is going to help them. And when that happens, we get paid. We don't get paid if we send any traffic. So our goals are very aligned. Our goal is success of consumer. How would you describe the average Credit Sesame user? You know, we, we are now nationwide. Uh, we have over 16 million consumers have signed up with Credit Sesame platform and uh, our active users log in about four times a month and they're in every corner of USA. So we're sort of a mass market consumer. I would say our users have a credit score that is slightly below US average. Interestingly enough, average US consumer credit score and its vantage score is around 675. So most U.S. consumers don't have really good credit. You could say they are near subprime. And that's, I think, where the demand is. But our users are slightly below the average and, and, and have self-selected to get help. They come to companies like Credit Sesame to figure out uh, what they could do to improve their credit. That's one dimension. The other dimension is um, uh, roughly two-thirds of uh, U.S. households live paycheck to paycheck. That's a majority of U.S. households live paycheck to paycheck. 84% of Credit Sesame uh, members are consumers that leave paycheck to paycheck. So we are attracting what really mimics the reality in the U.S. So I guess the, the follow-up question that I would have for you is, there are a few great companies that we've had on the podcast in the past, uh, 
Chime, Money Lion, Varo come to mind, who are looking to support Americans living paycheck to paycheck, a user base that skews subprime uh, with with a banking offering. And they're using different levers to, to try to to acquire customers and, and get there. How do you think about the competitive landscape in that segment? And how do you guys plan to differentiate? A great question. Look, uh, we love a challenger banks. I think what challenger banks have done, they have done, basically they've taken what traditional banks offer and made it free and they have made it more user-friendly. They have created more access to those banking products. But for the most part, it's really the same banking product it's the same, it has a lot of the same feature. It doesn't really work for the consumer other than, as I mentioned, maybe save them money and make it user-friendly. It doesn't work on behalf of a consumer in any meaningful way. It's, it's a, maybe a better par, par place to park your money and not pay fees. What Credit Sesame is doing is creating a whole new personal finance service that brings consumer credit and cash together for the 84% of our members and majority of U.S. consumers that live paycheck to paycheck, guess what they do? On a monthly basis, they use either their cash, which is primarily through their income, or their credit to survive. They make constant decisions and sacrifices between should I use my cash or should I use my credit? And they go between these back and forth between these two. So we're the only company now that has brought both of them together to help people figure out what decisions they should make. And as I mentioned, decisions you make about your credit or cash has a big impact on your credit and the decisions you make about your credit has a big impact on your cash. So I think while they've done a great job, they're missing a big piece of consumer financial puzzle, which is their credit. And that's what Credit Sesame brings into the market. We are launching a number of credit-centric features that are essential for those 84% of our users or majority of US population that lives paycheck to paycheck, which they're missing. Switching gears slightly, I'm sure that this proposition is developed in conjunction with a, a partner bank who s- sits on the back end and provides the the banking license connectivity, FDIC coverage. Is that a model that, in your experience, so you you would have spent a lot of time researching the landscape, selecting a provider, building this partnership, is that a model that, in your view, is currently mature in in the industry how do you expect that model to evolve you know i'm not quite sure honestly i think uh, the model where um technology uh, a, a fintech company is actually um applying data and science and analytics to build stronger relationship with the consumer is a very very strong and solid model there's a lot of data that's sitting out there behavior for example credit sesame uses consumer credit data, behavioral data, their goals, etc., to help build relationship with consumers. And unfortunately, we don't really see that on the banking side. There are silos. And, and this silo aspect of bank prevents them from having a unified, we're going to do what's best for you. And it's because they've been built over a long period of time. So I think there is a lot of uh, validity to have a data, uh, data science tech company to apply all of that data and knowledge to help consumers make better decisions. In the back back of our platform, or back of our digital banking, there is a bank that is regulated that provides all the banking services, all the basic banking services that are offered. That's sort of a table stake now. 
And then what we do, we apply a lot of data science analytics on top of that to create a very unique, very consumer friendly and very helpful recommendations and uh, services to the consumer. I think that model could last for a long time. We've seen, as you may have seen, some of some technology companies are not buying the banks behind the scene or want to have more control. And I think a lot of that is has to do with the fees that they'll pay the bank. You may want to save those fees or potentially the tech company wants to go faster than the traditional bank is normally able to do and innovate. Uh, and I think we're going to continue to see some banks back integrate with a back-end bank or maybe merge with a back-end bank. I'm not quite sure which model is going to be prevailing model, but uh, it would be interesting to uh, to wait and see uh, how, this, how this thing develops. Great. But look, I, I want to... I want to pivot again and, and pick up uh, this this massive and and vitally important uh, topic, which we're all living right now. I, I think um, as as you and I exchanged pleasantries prior to hitting record, uh, <laughs> you told me about your work from home setup. I told you about my work from home setup. We are in in the middle of a of a global pandemic, and the uh, unemployment rate is already spiking in the US. Uh, I think we've seen that maybe since the kind of tail end of last week. It's expected to continue. You know, I, I think uh, by all accounts, we're already in a recession and it's unclear uh, how, how bad that's going to get and how long it's going to last. Your core customer base is uh, p- presumably at, uh, at particular risk from, uh, f- from the current situation. Uh, I saw a Reuters article early in the week where you were quoted. Can you just talk uh, high level about about how you're thinking about that, how you're thinking about your your customers uh, specifically, and what what thoughts you have about the role of Credit Sesame going forward in in this situation? Certainly. Look, our mission has always been, uh, ever since I started the company, to bring financial wellness to consumers. And... I think when you're in an environment where uh, credit access or consumer could access a lot of credit for their needs, it's a much easier job. And I think what's going to happen is, as you um, uh, rightfully stated, consumers that leave paycheck to paycheck, uh, they're going to be mostly uh, impacted by a downturn in the economy and a recession. Uh, Average saving for a U.S. household, uh, according to various uh, data sources, is less than $1,000. In some cases, we've seen data suggest it's actually $500. So average U.S. uh, household does not have a consumer, does not have a lot of savings. And that's why I mentioned most people that that live paycheck to paycheck, they rely on their cash and credit, and the source of cash is their income. So going forward, you can imagine cash and credit, both of them are going to become scarce. So the... Uh, ability to be able to manage uh, how you spend your money, when you spend your money, and maintain a good credit is even become, it's going to become even more vital uh, to your survival. So our thinking is right now we've got task force focusing on what does all of this mean to the consumer? What changes could happen? We're going to see most likely consumer credit utilization go up. And so the traditional recommendations about our utilities going up, pay down your credit utilization doesn't work anymore because consumers don't have income to do that. So we're relying on our understanding of how credit works and our optimization engine to help those consumers on an individual basis. But rest assured, we feel that we have a role to play. Our goal is to step things up to, in fact, we've already started 
uh, creating a, a, a large resource uh, a resource page and resources that consumers could use. I think governments are stepping in with a number of initiatives. We want to bring those initiatives to our consumers if, uh, to the degree that's possible. We want to be a conduit for that, whether it is about getting cash to our consumers or uh, changing the underwriting guidelines so, so some consumers could still get uh, get loans. We want to work closely with the major creditors, major banks, uh, on their initiatives to bring those initiatives, whether government-sponsored or big financial institution-sponsored initiative, back to our consumers. Our goal is to try to help consumers uh, get over this hump and be able to manage and survive, and we're well positioned to be able to do that. Well, that's that's uh, fantastic to hear. I'm glad you guys are, are thinking hard about it and working on it. It's um, Talk about a tough situation, right? Because it's the people that, generally speaking, are at greatest risk of layoff, of lack of access to, to ongoing income, in some cases, that have the lowest savings. And it's often people on lower paying, maybe even minimum wage jobs who are the quote unquote essential employees, uh, you know, working at supermarkets, uh, uh, food delivery drivers, Uber drivers who, who are continuing to undertake social contact, even in this difficult time. Um, you could almost imagine a skew of exposure and, and health issues yeah. in, in a very you know, regressive way. Very true. You know, I'm, I'm also happy to mention that, you know, as a result of these changes, we are accelerating a number of features and capabilities that we think could help consumers combat this uh, headwind. Um, you know, we talked about the cash rewards to consumers. Uh, we are actually working on a, a feature that will allow a consumer bank account to help them build credit. We're going to accelerate that. We think it's going to be a great tooling consumers toolkit. Uh, in lieu of, uh, of what they're facing uh, to maintain a better credit. Uh, we're we're going to be launching cash backs from major retailers. So uh, uh, Sesame Cash account will allow our users to, as they shop and purchase the, you know, their basic needs, to be able to get some more cash back. So our goal is to figure out how to accelerate things that could put more money into consumers' bank account and help them either maintain their credit or be able to still improve their credit at, at a minimum, help them protect themselves from a significant downgrade in their credit, which could negatively impact their ability to be able to borrow or even survive. Um, so I think everyone has sort of a task to do here. We, we feel that we understand some of the challenges and uh, we're hoping to be able to accelerate some of these capabilities to help our members even more. Yeah, I, I, I wanna pick up on that on that point that you, that you reference there in passing, I think you talked about using a, a checking account as a way of building credit. Can you expand on that a little bit? You know, I, I can't really discuss the, the, the detail of this particular product or uh, a feature of that, but yes, we are working on the ability to help consumers build credit using their bank account. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a lot of work. We have a lot of partners working on that with us, and hopefully soon we'll be able to complete that work and be able to announce that. But we think that's going to be a great product or service for consumers that have cash, but their cash is not really helping them build credit. Well, f fantastic. Look forward to hearing more about that. I, I mean, I, I guess you know, more, more broadly, are you seeing genuine movement in, in the direction of credit scores somehow becoming more uh, holistic 
representations of of user behavior rather than just how many credit cards or loans do you have and and what's your balance utilization? You know, I think we've definitely seen improvements. Uh, no question about that. I mean, there have been recent improvements about how to treat medical bill really differently than uh, you know your average credit card. Uh, I think there have there have been some improvements in how credit scoring models work, but I I still think it's way behind. And unfortunately, there are a lot of uh, financial institutions that rely on these models. And it's hard for them to adopt something new because they don't know how to treat this new modeling. So the movement to improving credit score, unfortunately, is going to be really slow in the industry because there's so much that is tied to lending based on models that that these banks have perfected, at least perfected in their mind, over a long period of time. And any changes into that is going to be difficult for them to manage and deal with. I don't think it's the lack of interest or ability or willingness to do it. It's just that, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, data has gone into existing models that it would be difficult to to change to new models. So changes are happening, but unfortunately, it's slow and it will probably continue to be slow. Excellent. Well, Adrian, look, I, I wish you all the best. I think you guys are in a fantastic position to genuinely uh, help a, a significant number of people around all things credit and financial wellness, uh, but but very specifically during this time of hardship. So thanks for taking time uh, during what must be a very intense period for you guys. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Adrian Nazari, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Rebank. If you like today's show, reach out. Follow us on Twitter at Rebank Podcast and join the conversation. For more on banking, fintech, and the future, check out our regular content at www.bankingthefuture.com.